what is the baptism in the Holy Spirit? Is it for today? Is it for all believers? Has it ceased? These are all questions that we're going to begin to answer today when learning about what the Bible has to say about this subject. Let's jump into it. Now, as you study what the Bible has to say about the Holy Spirit, there's no way you can talk about him without talking about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And it is one, I think, one of the most important experiences that a believer can have. And it was something that Jesus prophesied and Jesus commanded for his disciples to have because there was a purpose for it. And a lot of people kind of get caught up on the initial evidence and forget the purpose of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. A lot of people just think it's just for you to receive your prayer language and start speaking in tongues. And they stop there. They stop at the experience of tongues and praise God for tongues. They have a very great benefit to the life of a believer. I'm not undermining tongues by any means. However, tongues are not the end of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. There is a purpose. There is actually a very specific purpose for that experience. And we began to talk about it last week, but I want to dive a little more into it today. So let's go over to the book of Acts. Let's go back to Acts chapter 1. So in verse 1, watch what it says here. Acts 1 verse 1. It says, in my first book, I told you, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up into heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit. During the 40 days, verse 3, after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. And he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, Don't leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he's promised, as I told you before. John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has a time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He replied, the father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they're not for you to know. But verse eight, watch this, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling them about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So I want you to understand right here in verse eight, what? It is said here, what Jesus said. The disciples were caught up on when is Israel finally going to get free? When is our kingdom finally going to get restored? When are things going to change for our people? And Jesus said, don't worry about that right now. God the Father has set those dates and times and they're not for you to know about right now. But right now, what I want you to know is that when the Holy Spirit that I've told you about previously, and we read that, in John 14 and John 16, that Holy Spirit, when he comes upon you, 
you will receive power. And the Bible tells you, he then tells you what that power is going to allow you to do. You will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere, all the way to the uttermost or to the ends of the earth. So I want you to understand something right here. Jesus tells you one of the purposes and the biggest purpose of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not just for you to say, hey, I can now speak in tongues, but the purpose Thank God for tongues, but the purpose is so that you, as we began to talk about, can be an effective witness. So that you can be an effective witness. And I want you to understand that if you were able to be a fully effective witness for Jesus Christ without the baptism of the Holy Spirit, then you wouldn't need it. If you were able to be fully effective, Then you wouldn't need it and Jesus wouldn't have given it. But he knew that the apostles, he knew that the early church, and he knew that the church today would need an endowment of power to do what he had called them to do. I want you to understand something right here. God will never call you to do something that he doesn't equip you for. God will never tell you, I want you to do X, Y, Z, A, B, C, and not give you the tools to do it. And this is what we have to understand when it comes to things like holy living. People always get caught up in, you know, how can I live holy when my flesh is just, you know, my flesh is just being my flesh. My flesh is just fleshing. How do I live holy? And as I say all the time, it's not done in your own power. You have to begin to lay hold on another power. God will never tell you live holy, live free from sin in your flesh. That's hardwired to sin. And it's hardwired to fail and it goes against God and doesn't want to have anything to do with God. It wants to sin. It has its own sets and desires. It wants to fulfill those. God will never tell you to live holy in your flesh. He says, live holy. And then he gives you the power to do so. And the only way you're going to be able to be successful at fulfilling that command is if you have and access that power. And the same thing goes with spreading the gospel, and being an effective witness. You can't do that in your own power. You will never be as effective as God wants you to be in your own power. So therefore, you have to lay hold on the power of the Holy Spirit, the power that comes from being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And then you'll be effective. That's why Jesus told his disciples, wait in Jerusalem until you receive that power, because that power is going to allow you to do what I'm commanding you to do. You may be able, you know, to get some people saved just by sharing the gospel with them. You know, okay, this is what the Bible says, says X, Y, Z, A, B, C, and you may be able to get some people saved. But let me tell you something, when you get endued with that power that Jesus was talking about, you'll go further. You will go much further because that's the driving force and that's the thing that will help you to be as effective as you need to be. So I want you to understand that this is something that wasn't an option for the disciples. It wasn't an option for the early church because Jesus said this was a power that you hadn't received before. This wasn't something that was there always. And they're just realizing it now. The Holy Spirit was with them before, but this specific experience wasn't something they had. 
And this specific power wasn't something they had before. So they needed to wait until they received it so that they could do what they were called to do. And that is a very important point right there. Because as I've talked about before, we can't be people that think, meh, you know, I can do things without the Holy Spirit. I can be effective without the Holy Spirit. I could have a successful church without the Holy Spirit. If our early church couldn't be fully effective without the Holy Spirit, and they were birthed through the baptism of the Holy Spirit, why do modern Christians think that they could be just as effective without their driving force? Without the thing that caused them to be effective? Think about that for a second. It was the baptism of the Holy Spirit that birthed the church. It was the baptism of the Holy Spirit that gave the early church the power to do all the things that they did. So if we want to be just as effective as them and do the same things that they'd done, then we need the same power and ability that they had. So this thing should not be looked at as optional. It should not be looked at as something that, you know, you know, I, you know, I don't really want that Holy Spirit stuff. You know, I'll just, I'll just try to do things my way without the Holy Spirit. Understand everything that God gives to you is always for your benefit. And everything that God allows us as believers to have has a purpose in our lives. And it shouldn't be something that, you know, I'm going to pick is pick your favorite three. And then now nah, I don't really like that. So I'll throw that away. No, you shouldn't do that because when humans get into the mindset that I can do something for God without God, that's when things get messed up. When humans start to think I can do things better than God and I don't need him, I'm going to be effective without him. That's where you have problems and humans always jack it up. So you have to understand that the things that God gives you are for your benefit. The things that he gives you are for your benefit and you should lay hold on to them. If he has given you all these gifts, lay hold on every last one of them. Don't pick one and then say, I don't want the rest of them. Take everything because they have a specific purpose for your life. So understand that this is how it goes for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It helps you to be an effective witness. And here's where I want to hone into today. I want to show you one example today. Of what the baptism of the Holy Spirit does. Because this will help you as you carry out the Great Commission. This will help you as you do your part in advancing the gospel in the earth. Because one example we see of this is the Apostle Peter. And I'm going to read you his story. But you see how Peter was before he got endued with this power and Peter after he got endued with this power. And the difference was night and day. Because understand, Peter would have never, he would have never, never done what he did and been as effective as he was without the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because Peter before that, bless his heart, but... He wasn't this great and powerful Peter that we all talk about today. <laughs> he wasn't. He failed. But thank God when he laid hold on the power that was available to him and he got filled 
with the power of the Holy Spirit, something changed. Something changed and it changed for the better. And that's what I want you to understand today. Something will change for the better when you get endued with this power. You will go from being just a regular degular Christian to an effective witness when you get endued with this power. This is not something that is just, you know, oh yeah, I, you know, I, I can just take it and I can just feel more spiritual because I come to church on Sunday mornings and I speak in tongues and the rest of these Christian peasants don't. No, you're missing the point. You're missing the point. You will go from being a little person who's, you know, in your small box and you don't really want to share your faith. And, you know, you, you know, that whole spreading the gospel stuff is kind of like scary to you to I'm bold and I'm going here and every opportunity I get to witness to somebody I'm doing every opportunity, everything I can do to advance the gospel in the earth. I'm doing it. That is not through human ability. That is not through human power. That's through this experience. That is through this experience. You know, it's always a big, um, it's always a big concern when the topic of evangelism comes up and, you know, being a witness and witnessing to unsafe people, people always say, you know, I don't feel like I could do that. I don't feel like I could really do that because, you know, I'm kind of a shy person and, you know, my personality is not like that to go talk to people and I can't handle the ridicule and I don't really want to deal with people that look at me funny and people who cuss me out and tell me I don't want your God, all that stuff. It's embarrassing. Let me tell you something. When you get endued with power, all that stuff goes right out the window. All that stuff goes, it just goes bye-bye and it doesn't affect you. You will never have the excuse again that, oh, you know, I'm not bold and I'm not able to do that. When you get filled with the Holy Spirit. Because one of the things the baptism of the Holy Spirit does. It gives you the boldness to be an effective witness. It gives you the boldness to witness. Because people in their own power. I don't want to do that. I can't take that. I'm kind of scared. And when that thing comes upon you. You turn like Peter as we're getting ready to read. And you're, you're going at it. You're going for it and who cares what people think? If people want to ridicule me, let them do it. If people want to judge me, let them do it. If people don't receive it, let them do it. But I am doing what God commanded me to do. And I'm not letting nothing stop me. I refuse to let anything stop me from doing that. That's what you have to understand. If you're scared to witness, if the topic of evangelism scares you, Guess what? Get endued with power. That power will take that away. That power will snatch all fear out of you. I promise you. That power will take the fear away from you and you'll be bold. You'll be bold to do what God has called you to do. So let's look at the Apostle Peter. Let's go to the book of Matthew. Chapter 26. And I hope this is helping you today. Matthew chapter 26. And let's start in verse 69. Watch what happens. This is when Jesus gets arrested and Peter betrays him now. After Jesus got arrested and now he's getting tried. Watch what happens. Verse 69. It says, now Peter sat outside of the courtyard 
And a servant girl came to him saying, you are also with Jesus of Galilee. Verse 70, but he denied it, watch that, before them all saying, I do not know what you're saying. And when he had gone out from the gateway, another girl saw him and said to those who were there, this fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. But he again denied with an oath. I don't know the man. And a little later, those who stood by came up and said to Peter, surely you also are one of them, for your speech betrays you. Then he began to curse and swear, saying, I don't know the man. Immediately a rooster crowed. And Peter remembered the word of Jesus, who had said to him, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So he went out and wept bitterly. So I want you to watch that right there. This is Peter before you got endued with this power. When Jesus was arrested and was getting ready to be tried, Peter, the Bible tells you in Luke's account of this, that Peter was following closely behind to watch what happened. But obviously, he didn't want to be caught and he didn't want to be found out as one of the disciples for fear that he would end up in the same position as Jesus. So he was very fearful of that, but he still he was still following closely behind. So as he's doing that, a servant girl sees him and says, hey, you're that guy that was with Jesus. I seen you with him before. Peter says, no, I don't know that guy. Peter lies and says, I don't know him. I don't know who he is. Somebody else comes to him and says, no, you really are that guy. You were with him. You were one of the ones that were with him. Get out of my face. I don't know who this guy is. And then the Bible says a little while later, somebody says again, a group of people come to him again. You are the one. You're one of those that were with him. You're, you're with him. Your speech betrays you. And Peter begins to curse and swear. He denies him under an oath and says, I don't know who this man is. I have no idea. And the Bible says when he did that, when he denied him the third time, that Jesus turned and looked at him and then the rooster crowed. Now, if you don't know the story, Jesus prophesied beforehand and told Peter, you're going to deny me. You're going to deny me. And you're going to deny me three times and then the rooster is going to crow. Peter said, I, I, I ain't denying you. What you talking about? I'm not denying you. I'm sticking by your side. We're brothers. What you talking about? We're sticking together. I'll stay by you until the end. And so said, so done. When it, when it finally happens, Peter denies Jesus three times. So you see Peter beforehand couldn't even confess Jesus Christ to servant girls. He couldn't. He couldn't confess Jesus Christ out of fear. And he denied it and said, I don't know him. But watch what happens when Peter gets endued with this power that Jesus talked about in Acts chapter 1. Because understand, that Peter, that Peter would never have been able to be an effective witness because he was fearful. He couldn't even confess Jesus Christ to servants. How is he going to confess Jesus Christ before many other people and people that want him dead? People that don't like the message of the gospel and people that are taking actions to stamp out the gospel in the first century world. How would he be able to stand boldly and be an effective witness for Christ? He would have never been able to do it. But watch what happens. There's a power that comes on him. Go to Acts chapter 2. In verse 14. Watch what happens. This is the day of Pentecost. Watch what happens. Verse 14. 
Then Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd, Listen carefully, all of you fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is too early for that. Now, what you are seeing was predicted long ago, verse 16, by the prophet Joel. So watch that. On the day of Pentecost, the Holy Ghost finally comes down and fills those that are gathered together in one accord. And when that happens, the Bible tells you that devout Jews from all the nations of the world come and are drawn to what's going on. And some of them are amazed and they're shocked and they're like in amazement at the, what's going on. And then there's some others that just begin to mock and say they're crazy, they're drunk, something wrong with them. They're filled with new wine and eh, this ain't anything supernatural. This is not something that's so great and an act of God. This ain't it. Those people are just a mess. They're crazy. And Peter, this same Peter, who was it like a month and a half prior, couldn't even confess Jesus Christ to girls, to servant girls, and a, a small crowd of people steps out before thousands of people and begins to preach a sermon and says, listen, what you're seeing here is not just a show of drunk people, but this is what the prophet Joel prophesied. And this is the baptism of the Holy Spirit that you're seeing happening right now. And that opens up the way for Peter to preach a sermon. And off of that one sermon, the Bible tells you 3,000 people were saved. Go down to verse 37. Watch what happens. Peter's words, this is after he got done preaching this sermon. Peter's words pierced their hearts. And they said to him and the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? Verse 38, Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, your children, and to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time strongly urging all his listeners, save yourself from this crooked generation. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. Look at that. Look at the difference between Peter. Peter who was scared, Peter who was fearful just days prior, gets up and preaches this sermon to people standing there. 3,000 people are saved. How did he do that? That, could, that couldn't have been something that happened overnight. That couldn't have been something that, you know, oh yeah, I just got over it one day. Or, you know, I went to classes. I went to public speaking classes. So, you know, that's, that's how that happened. No. The difference is that he got endued with the power of the Holy Spirit. He got filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And that gave him the boldness to do what Jesus commanded him to do. You see that? That gave him the boldness and that gave him the power to be an effective witness. And that same thing wasn't just reserved for Peter. That same thing wasn't, just, wasn't only for him. Because the Bible tells you in Acts chapter 4, two chapters later, that the believers went and prayed for boldness. 
And they prayed for courage to preach the gospel in the midst of threats, in the midst of criticism, in the midst of backlash. They prayed for boldness and courage to preach the gospel. And the Bible tells you that the place was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God with boldness and preached the gospel with boldness. That's what the Bible tells you. That power will give you a boldness to be a witness. So if you think I can't do this, I can't do that, I can't do my part in fulfilling the Great Commission, get endued with power from on high. And that will change very quickly. Stop relying on your own power. Stop relying on your own strength. It will never get done. That's why Jesus gave you the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So it will give you the power and the ability and the boldness to be an effective witness. It will not get done in human strength. It will not get done in human ability. If that were possible, then Jesus wouldn't have gave us the Holy Spirit. But he knew we would need him. And he knew there was nothing in ourselves as humans that would be able to fulfill this great commission and these commands that he gave us. That's why he gave us the Holy Spirit. That's why he gave us this experience of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. This thing is not, should not be something that's optional. It should be an experience that's for all believers. Because Jesus Christ gave it. And everything he gives to us, as I said, is for our benefit. And if it's for our benefit, then we need to lay hold on it. It shouldn't be something that we just <laughs> throw away. It shouldn't be something that, you know, I'll take some of it, but I'm not going to take this and I'm not going to take that. Everything that he's given to us, receive it with open arms because it's for your benefit. And you see through the story of Peter and through the early church, how much the baptism of the Holy Spirit is needed. Because if Jesus gave us the command to go into all the world and preach the gospel, then guess what? We need that power to do so. We need that power to do so effectively. Don't look at this infilling and this endowment of power as something that, you know, is optional. Look at it as something that I need and receive it. Receive it today and you'll watch the results and the benefits begin to come out in the days and the weeks and the months that follow. And I tell you that based off of experience, not just personal experience, but seeing other believers who have experienced this and experienced the power that comes from this. Don't look at it as optional because Jesus Christ never made it optional. He said, wait in Jerusalem until you receive this power because this power will allow you to be an effective witness. Now, here's one more thing I want to say. This experience is for all believers. This is not something, and I'll get into this a little bit later. I just scratched the surface of this subject today. This is not, this is not the fullness of this topic. I'll get into this in another video again. However, this is for all believers. A lot of people fall into the trap of believing that, you know, okay, this is only something that's just for Pentecostals, or this was something that was only for the early church, and we don't need it today, or, you know, God doesn't give everybody this gift of the Holy Spirit. That's a big belief today, and it's been around for a while that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not for every believer, but 
The Bible tells you otherwise. <laughs> the Bible tells you otherwise. Jesus said, and I believe it's either John 14 or John 16, one of the passages. Jesus says that that Holy Spirit that is coming, he, when he comes, he will be with you always. And then understand that in Acts chapter 2, when Peter's preaching his sermon, he says this promise of the Holy Spirit is not just for you standing here, but it's for you, your children, your children's children, and all those afar off, even as many that the Lord our God should call. It's not just for you, but it's for every single person that the Lord should call. This is not just for the elite of believers. This is for every believer. Because understand this. Does every believer need power to be an effective witness? Yes, because as I said, there's nothing inside your flesh that could cause you to be a fully effective witness. That's why you need that power. So the baptism of the Holy Spirit can't just be for one person and not for another because we all need that power. Every believer needs that power so that we can be effective witnesses. So don't believe the lie of the enemy that tells you that you know it's not for everybody and it's only for some or it was only for the church back then. No, it's not. It's for every believer because every believer needs that power. Every believer needs that. To be an effective witness. And I want you to understand that today. Because some people think. When people are trying to get filled with the Holy Spirit. And have this experience. And certain things block it. Or it's not happening as fast. As they think it should. They get discouraged. And they ask questions. And some people tell them. Well you know it's not for everybody. So stop trying to get it. No. No. Be encouraged today. If you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's for every believer. That's what the Apostle Peter said. It is for every person that the Lord would call. It's up to you to lay hold of it. For every person. So be encouraged with that today. And I'll jump deeper in that in the coming episodes. And we'll talk more about this. But I just wanted to scratch the surface today on this subject. And show you the purpose of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It is for you to receive power from on high to be an effective witness. That's what I want you to understand. So from this day forward, you won't try to fulfill the commands of God in your flesh. You won't try to be a witness in your own power. You won't be worrying about, oh, you know, I'm fearful and I'm not able to do this anymore. Receive power from on high. Receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit and watch how things change for you. Watch the boldness that comes on you. Watch how effective you become in doing your part in fulfilling the Great Commission. That's what I believe will happen for you today as you lay hold on this. Now understand, as I said, this experience is for believers. This is a subsequent experience to salvation. Now some may receive this experience at salvation, but it is subsequent to salvation. But the prerequisite is that you have to be a believer. Jesus said the world won't recognize the Holy Spirit when he comes and they won't receive him. In Acts chapter 19, I believe. Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believe? We haven't even heard there was a Holy Spirit. You have to be a believer to receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit can't dwell with sin. The Holy Spirit can't dwell in a temple that's full of sin. So the first thing you need to do 
is you need to be saved. You need to be a son of God so that you can be a candidate to receive the power to be an effective witness. How could you be an effective witness of a power that you haven't even experienced yet? How can you spread the good news of the gospel and tell people they need to be saved if you haven't been saved yet? So that's where things start, even before you get over into the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Do you believe? Are you saved? Have you received Jesus Christ as your Savior? Are you a child of God? That's where this all starts. And if the answer is no to that question, you've come to the right place today. I want you to become a child of God today. I want you to receive Jesus Christ as Savior. Because he's coming soon. And the Bible says, without holiness, no man shall see God. No sin will be able to enter heaven. If you partake in a sinful life, the Bible tells you clearly that you will not inherit the kingdom of God. And if you don't enter the kingdom of God, the only other place you're going is to hell. And if you want to avoid that, you need to repent of your sins receive Jesus Christ as Savior, and become a son of God. Because that is the only way that you will be able to inherit the kingdom of heaven and spend eternity there and avoid an eternity, a lost eternity in hell. So I want you to do that today. If you come on this video today and you feel the convicting power of the Holy Spirit and you know I need to get things right with God, I need to settle things with God, I need to get rid of sin before it gets rid of me, and I need to wipe the record clean and become a new creature in Christ today through the power of Jesus Christ, I want you to pray this prayer after me right now. Sincerely from your heart. Sincerely from your heart. Because when you repent of your sins and you call on the name of the Lord and believe in Jesus Christ and confess that with your mouth, the Bible tells you that's when you'll be saved. So I want you to pray with me right now. I want you to say, Heavenly Father, Thank you for sending Jesus Christ to sacrifice his life for my sin. I believe that he died and was raised back to life for me. I ask you to forgive me of my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Now I receive the power to live holy until you return. I am no longer a sinner, but I'm a child of God. And I thank you, Father, for it now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. If you just prayed that prayer with me and you responded to the Holy Spirit's call to be saved, maybe for the first time or you're recommitting your life to Him, I want to help you begin to walk this path out. You don't have to do it alone. There's a page on my website called I'm Saved Now What? And I want you to go there through the link in the description and go there and fill out the form on that page and I want to send you a little free gift to help you begin to walk out this path of holiness. Because when you get saved, you can get to the point where you're like, okay, I turned away from sin, now what do I do next? We don't wanna leave you hanging, but we wanna help you begin to grow in Christ. So go to that page, fill that form out, it'll send to me, send your prayer request, we'll begin to pray for you every day, and I'll send you something personally that will help you begin to walk this thing out. Go ahead and do it. God bless you. Thank you for making the best decision of your life. Welcome to the family of God. God has made a way for his children to be totally liberated from the power of sin. But many Christians don't understand this. In Marlon Benjamin's book, Undefiled, 
He teaches that Christ put an end to sin's control and gave us the ability to resist all its temptations when they come. Order your copy now on Amazon or MarlonBenjamin.net.